This is the Music History Podcast number three. I'm your host, Gage William, with special guest Cam today. We're going to be talking about guitar tone and what makes it such a special thing and what you should watch out for. Enjoy. A little bit of history of electric guitar tone. It was all clean until about the 50s. I want to say the late 50s when there were blues artists that were mutilating their amps to get a distorted sound. They would turn it up all the way until it started to bust. Then they would take a pencil or a knife and cut the speaker itself to get distortion. And then shortly, like not even a decade later, they started making amps with distortion on them. And uh, they started to get more and more distorted. And then... Distortion pedals. Distortion pedals. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but amp distortion is still, it's a lot more genuine, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. Especially tube amps. Yeah. I think, like, pedal distortion, if it's good, if it's a good brand, and there's only, like, three really pedals that are, like, the distortion, unless you're looking for some novelty stuff. Yeah. But those are pretty good. The Boss is amazing, obviously. And then the, whatever, the Orange. Jimi Hendrix would sometimes, he would use distortion, but he would use fuzz a lot. Uh, so it's just a harsher Way harsher right. distortion. Yeah. And, like, warmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, it feels like like it's capped out completely, so all of your sounds are going to be at the same volume. It's, like, so compressed. Mm-hmm. Noisy. And then Van Halen. Actually, a fun story about Van Halen and how he got his tone. So it was just a normal Marshy, Marshall Plexi amp, and he would tune it, and he would turn it all the way up to 10, and then he had this thing called a variac, which is like a transformer, which changed the voltage coming out of your wall, going into right. your amp. So he would um, he set had, it. So he handmade that. That wasn't a part of the amp. He No, he just wired it to his wall. Okay. I think you can just plug it into your wall, but he right. wired it to his amp. And then, yeah, so he could um, get that full, like, full knobs, full throttle tone at a lower volume. And it also makes it, I heard him talk about it in an interview. He says it makes it sag. Makes the sound, like, sag a little bit. Aww. And that's part of what gave him his tone. Interesting. But, once again, you give Van Halen a guitar and an amp, and it's going to sound like him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now the modern-day EVH amps actually just have that built in. Yes. They're, yeah. they're probably the top of the line in terms of, like, hard rock amps. They're sick. Other than, there's some Mesa boogies. Those are very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that are also, but I'd say EVH is a competitor for the top spot for heavy metal hard rock amps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if any listeners, you know, are desperately curious, they recorded a, oh, sorry, bo- oh, Boogie Mesa, that's what they're called, yeah? Yeah, Boogie Mesa. Yeah, they, reco- they recorded Nevermind by Nirvana on a bunch of Boogie Mesas. Yeah. I know that for some reason. A bunch of different amps. Yeah. You know, you were telling me at about um, the producer mm-hmm. tricking Kurt Cobain in order to get a bigger guitar sound. Yeah, so he was talking about, um, and this is a really cool, uh, whatever interview with the producer of that Nevermind record, and he he had this vision for the song uh, "Drain You." I'm pretty sure. Yeah, "Drain You." Yep. Yep. And he was layer. He was, he wanted to layer more and more in guitars. He's like, "This is gonna sound so good when it's like all big and coming together and it's all layered on top of each other." And Kurt was unsure. He's like, I just want to be raw guitar. I just want this and uh, whatever. The producer eventually ended up telling Kurt, 
oh, uh, there was some glitch or some, you know, mistake in the recording process. We're going to have you have to have you go through that take again. And what he was really doing is just bouncing it to different buses and then layering it all on each other. And then when he showed Kurt the final product, he didn't even know. He was like, oh, sounds great. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. And he didn't he switch amps as well? Yeah. Yep. They, they, when he switched the buses, it switched amps. Mm-hmm. I think they only did two different guitars and then like three. Three I amps. I want to say three different amps. Or, or two amps and one pedal. Yes, yeah. that sounds right. Yep, I mean, all together, it sounds amazing. And it was cool. It, it was neat to watch him go through each individual track and solo it and play it out. Because um, in my mind, before I really knew how, like, uh, any mixing or producing worked, that's just the sound a guitar makes. When I hear that song, I'm like, oh, his guitar just sounded like that. So when I was, you know, very first starting to learn guitar and get a Nirvana, I would try to play stuff and I'd be like, why is it not sounding? Why is my tone nowhere near to his? It's because it's layered. It's because it's got way a bunch yep. of different components all working together at once. It's not just one take. That is a signature of any rock subgenre, like rock in general, especially like mo- in the modern times. Like you're just going to be layering a ton of guitars, sometimes four sometimes six yeah. different guitars, and you're going to want to pan them in opposite ears. Mm. Different guitars, different amps. And then you just kind of stack them on top of each other, and it just gives a way bigger... Well, you're just getting more overtones, because yeah. overtones are what determines your, your tone mm-hmm. and the um, timbre of the instrument timbre. And, and the playing. So you're just getting all these different timbres, all these different overtones, and just mixing yeah. like, like a little pot. It's an art. It really is. You have to make them not hit each other. You have to make them sound distinct, but you have to make them blend at the same time. Unless you're making shoegaze, in which it can all sound bad, but it will sound good. Yes. Like you want it to sound I feel like that's the only way to describe that. Yeah. That's like overkill on your guitar and your pedal board. Yeah. Really. Pedal board. (laughs) I I hear that's why they call it shoegaze. Yeah. Well, they were staring down. There's a couple of different ones. I like my, what I believe deep in my heart, is the British guy who first came up with it, he was at a local show, and he's like, these guys don't look women in the eyes and talk to them. They're too self-conscious and nervous, so they look at their shoes. Yep. And when they perform, they can't look at the crowd, so they just look at their shoes. <laughs> but now people say, oh, it's because they have so many pedals and da-da-da-da. They have to look down at their feet yeah. to know Which, where they're going to switch. It makes sense, but I feel like at the very, very beginning, I don't know, I, I feel like these Brits wouldn't have like a full pedal board you know like back in like late 80s like there's definitely some enthusiasts probably oh yeah some nerds right out there yeah respectively yeah now when i see those pedal boards i just nine times out of ten i feel like the person does not deserve to have all those and that's not me saying that like i'm better than them and i could um because i definitely want pedals (laughs) and i definitely am the type of guy that buy like six pedals that i would not need but uh yeah yeah a lot of people will and this i feel like this is a good way to wrap up a lot of people will search for their unique tone and they'll go overkill to buy 10 or 12 pedals. They'll buy a $4,000 amp. They'll yeah. buy a $2,000 cabinet, hook it all together, and they'll get a really sweet tone and they just aren't able to make it all come together because they can't play the instrument well enough. And I think that that's the lesson of today's podcast. Practice your instrument, get your skill, and then find your tone. That concludes today's episode. I'm your host, Gage William, with special guest Cam, and this is the Music History Podcast.